If you want to make room on the couch for somebody, there's going to be a cost, right? It's a cost to it. If you want to share uh, space around a pizza, there's a cost to it, right? I remember when, uh, when our, our kids were getting old enough where they were starting to have a real appetite and uh, the pizzas would come out and I could see them doing the math in their head, you know, getting nervous. There's a cost to sharing a pizza. If you want to uh, have somebody new come to your lunch table, maybe if you're in high school especially, there's a different kind of cost to that as well. If you want to make room for something in your life, there's a cost. What about making room for things that matter the most? Making room for your priorities. What about making room for what's really important? There's a cost to it. The cost is very surprising, though. If you want to be able to separate the difference between what's important and what's urgent, there's a cost. You know the difference between important and urgent? I'll never forget when somebody gave me this little book called The Tyranny of the Urgent. This little red book. It was changed my life. It was one of just this little, you know, three or four pages, but... The difference between urgent things that, that are always going to be yapping at you, right? Your, your uh, email inbox or the next deadline or whatever. But then there are those important things. Those important things that aren't urgent, but they're so vital. And they get pushed to the background. And sometimes we even forget what is really important. If you're going to be able to distinguish what is important from what is merely urgent, there's a cost to making room for the important. And that cost is rest. What? Rest? How does that connect? Well, have you ever heard, of a, have you ever heard of the, this definition of a fanatic? A fanatic is someone who doesn't know where he's going, so he redoubles his efforts, Right? Hey, where are you going? Oh, I'm not sure, but I better, so I better hurry up, right? You know, I mean, uh, it, it, it's somebody who doesn't know where he's going, so he redoubles his efforts. Well, that's you and me. We are going at a breakneck speed, taking care of all those urgent things, checking all those boxes. When somebody else's urgency comes into our path, and we're, we jump right on it, and we forget about what's important. How do we make room for what really matters, rest is the answer. And this morning what I want to do is, is look at Jesus' words about fasting so that you'll understand what rest is really about. This is, this is kind of strange, but I hope you'll make the connection here. When, when, when God uh, finished making all of thing, all of creation, the, on the seventh day, he, he rested. Well, was he tired? No. God is spirit. It says, the, the, the Bible says uh, that, that he sat down. And what that represents is that he sat down to, to rule and reign. It, it's, a, it's a significant picture of someone who is presiding over an orderly creation. And so that last day has become the first day of all creation for us. 
That's why Sunday is the first day of the week, not the last day of the week. You think of it as the last day, don't you? Because why? Because you orient around work. And we need to orient again around God's rule. We start the new year. We start the first day of the week with rest for a vitally important reason. And we're going to be looking at rest through the lens of fasting so that you can see, so that I can see how rest and trust helps us distinguish what is important from what is merely urgent. From the Word of God, Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. And when you fast, now don't pass over that, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Let's pray. God bless this word not only to our minds to understand it, but to our hearts to believe and trust in it, that with our lives we may live it. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple months ago, I went down with the, the crew down to Panama City, and, um, and I had the, uh, the privilege of using one of Charles Balfour's chainsaws. Now, Charles Balfour knows chainsaws. And uh, he made me wear this protective gear, which I'd never seen before. And uh, I was all suited up. And I'm telling you, I, I felt pretty manly that day. But when I used that chainsaw, uh, it had just been sharpened. And it cut through uh, the biggest log that I've ever sawed through like butter. I mean, it was just like nothing to it. Charles took time on the front end of that job to sharpen his saw. Have you taken time to sharpen your saw? Do you take time every week to sharpen your saw? That's what it means to rest, to rest. Let's look at how fasting and resting is this intentional front end stopping and taking account so that we can distinguish what is important from what is merely urgent. First of all, when we stop, when we rest, when we fast from something, whether it's from food or whether it's from, from media, when we stop, we begin to get in touch again with our hunger. <laughs> that seems obvious, doesn't it? But you are a hungry person, and that's okay. Your heart, soul, mind, and strength hungers. And you need, you need to be aware of that, that you have an appetite. You have desires, and God made you with them. It is good that you hunger. Own it. 
When you stop, when you rest, you begin to get in touch again. You begin to become much more aware that you are a hungry person. I, I know a woman who runs a, a, a ministry up in, uh, in Atlanta called Adopt a Grandparent. And the first question she asks is, what's in it for you? Now, that may seem like a strange question to ask when you're talking about serving somebody. Maybe these are older adults who are retired or semi-retired, and they're taking care of widows who are, who are and, and they, well, of course, obviously, I just want to do a good thing, right? Oh, wrong answer. What's in it for you? We need to know what we're hungering for, even when we're doing good deeds, and especially there, especially there. Jesus is talking about fasting. He's talking about being in touch with the fact that, that you have an appetite. You need to know that. You need to own it. You need to be aware of it. You need to manage it so it doesn't manage you. That's what fasting is about. It's about being in charge of your appetites and knowing that they are okay. I read a, um, an article in the Scientific American about your brain. Your brain is hungry. Your brain is a glutton. Did you know that? Your brain is a glutton of your energy. It uses 20% of the energy in your body. So, so when, you're, when you're eating, you don't think about your brain uh, using that much energy, do you? I mean, so, so, so 20% of what you eat goes to your brain in terms of the energy. It sucks energy. Your heart, soul, mind, and strength have appetites. You need to know that that's okay. Jesus says, when you fast, not if you fast. When you fast. What if you took a break from social media for a little while? What if you, what if you learned to operate the screen time function on all of your devices and you began to see how much time you're spending on online and, and where you're spending it online. And you began to become much more aware of how you're spending that time and how it's affecting you. That's what it means to fast when you fast. See, it's to manage your appetites. It's to be aware of them so that you can begin to see what's occupying you. You can begin to see what's important from what is urgent. I have to urgently re react to that situation or I have to urgently respond to this. No, you don't. No, you don't. There's something driving you. You need to know what it is. It's an appetite. Become more aware. Second, when we fast, when, when, when we rest, when we pause, when we stop, right? Full stop. We, we begin to, to see uh, what we're really desiring. We begin to get in touch with what desire you're actually feeding. What are you feeding? Heart, soul, mind, and strength. What are you feeding? Is it your ego? Or is it your soul? What are you feeding? I heard this cheesy acronym for, for ego, but I think, it's, I think it's helpful. Ego stands for what? Have you heard this? Edging God out. 
E-G-O, edging God out. When you're fe- you can feed your ego or you can feed your soul. You can't both feed both. It's one or the other. There's this thing called virtue signaling, and this is exactly what Jesus is talking about when he's saying wash your face when you fast. Virtue signaling. I looked it up in the Urban Dictionary. That's kind of fun. You ever look up things up in the Urban Dictionary? Uh, sometimes it's a little uh, irreverent, but... But, but in, in explaining uh, uh, virtue signaling, uh, the Urban Dictionary uses this dialogue, and it says, um, um, you know, Jim is uh, really uh, interested in, in uh, helping refugees. And somebody responds, oh, is he giving of his time? Is he sending money? Is he, lo- is he teaching English as a second language? Is he going on a short-term mission, uh, mission trip? No, he's not doing anything. He's just virtue signaling. And that's what we see. I see it almost every day. Virtue signaling. Why are we virtue signaling? Why are we doing that? And the psalmist says, cease striving. Be still and know that I am God. Cease striving from what? What are we stopping from? Stopping from from self-justifying. Stopping from all the things we're doing to tell people that we're righteous. Stopping from doing all the things that keep people from, from, you from, from self-loathing, from self-judging, keeping you up and above other people. Those are the kinds of things that Jesus is saying is happening when people fast and they sort of look disheveled. They kind of drag in and it's like, you know, uh, you know pay attention to me. Feel sorry for me because I'm fasting. Because I'm a good person. Better than you even. Look at you. Jesus is is using an incredible irony here. He's saying, wash your face and stop trying to look so good. (laughs) Isn't that hysterical? I mean, this is brilliant stuff. You have to look really closely. I've I've read this a hundred times and never noticed that. He's saying, wash your face and stop trying to look so good. He gets us to think. In the way he says it, I love it. C.S. Lewis says this. He says, every time you make a choice, you are turning the central part of you, the part that chooses, into something a little different than it was before. Every time you make a choice. And taking your whole life as a whole, with all your innumerable choices, all your life long, you are slowly turning this central thing into a heavenly creature or a hellish creature. Either into a creature that is in harmony with God or and with other creatures and with itself or else into one that is in a state of war and hatred with God, with his fellow creatures and with itself. Each of us at each moment is progressing to one state or the other. You see, when we stop, when we fast, when we rest, we begin to recognize what am I feeding? Am I feeding my ego? Am I becoming, am I making choices that feed a part of me, the, the part of me that, that is at war with God? Or am I feeding my soul that depends on Him? Finally, this. 
Resting, stopping, fasting. It shows us what we're made for. It helps us get in touch with what really satisfies you, what deeply satisfies you. You ever, you ever notice that, that if, you, if you mow the lawn or you do all kinds of work or maybe, maybe you're, you're in school and, and you've done this, this big workout and it's like August 15th, right? And uh, you, you, know, you're, 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 you actually are thirsty. Like, not like it's just mealtime thirsty, but really thirsty. Do you want a Coke? Do you want, do you want something sweet? Do you want, do you want a, any kind of soft drink? No, what do you want? You want water. Your body begins to crave what it absolutely needs the most. So, too, when we stop, we can begin to get in touch with what we really desire, the things that we really need. It's a little like this, and, and Jesus is saying this, that God is, is doing something in secret when you're stopping. He's doing something to reward you in secret. Today is epiphany, and epiphany is like, aha. You ever, you ever, um, you, you ever try to think of somebody's name, and you can't think of their name, and then you stop thinking of it, and then all of a sudden, aha, right? You ever think about, you're, you're trying to think of, of, of that song and you're going to tell somebody or, or that joke and, and then you stop thinking of it and all of a sudden, boom, it's there. It's an epiphany. It's an epiphanic flash. I love that. Epiphanic flash. It's aha. These kinds of aha moments are what happen to us when we rest, when we fast. When we stop, not stop to do something else, but stop, be silent, find solitude. Now, how do we do this? How do we do it? I'm going to give you a quick and dirty way to stop, to pause, P-A-U-S-E, pause. When you pause, you pause. You, 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 you stop doing everything. You stop doing all the things. You, 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 you concentrate on not doing something until you stop doing something, right? And then you ask yourself the question. You ask yourself the question, what has got me so anxious? What's got me so urgent? What's revving my engine? Do I even know what it is? You ask the question, do I know what has me so revved up? Do I know? And then you seek to understand what it is so you can name that thing. You can name it. You can say what it is. You stop. You ask the question, do I know what it is? Then you name it. And then if it's really bothering you, you separate yourself from it. You go and do something else that, that, that's going to bring new life, that's going to recreate you. That's what recreation is all about. You absolutely separate yourself so that you can rest. And sometimes it will give you the perspective that you need to eliminate what needs to be eliminated from your life so that you can begin to build in 2019 a not-to-do list. You've got a to-do list, right? You've already built one of those probably. It's already well into 2019. Do you have a not-to-do list? Have you ever built a not-to-do list? Hans Hoffman says, sometimes we need to clear out the unnecessary so that the necessary can speak. 
We need to clear out the unnecessary so that the necessary can speak. What in 2019 do you need to eliminate? Maybe you need to learn a very short, profound, but difficult word. No. Stopping, fasting, resting. I want to challenge you. During this New Leaf series, every week I'm going to have a challenge for you. On Friday, I want you to pay attention. On Fridays, every Friday, I take the time to give you a little teaser. I want you to think and anticipate, what what are we going to learn together on Sunday? What what are we going to dig into? It it comes to your inbox on Fridays. So if... um, if, if you don't receive an email from us on Friday, we'd like you to get back on that list. If you unsubscribed, <coughs> Brian, peace. We would, like, we would like you to resubscribe and understand that we don't want to fill up your inbox. We want you to know what's vital. And so Friday, you'll get a teaser about what's coming so you can know what the scripture is. You can know what the question is. And I want to challenge you. Now, this isn't, I'm not stepping on anybody's toes. I'm, I'm the worst offender about this. But we want the beginning of this worship service to be meaningful, that, that we stop, that we have a call to worship, that we call ourselves to worship. We're going to be putting energy into the call to worship. We're going to have special guests here. We're going to have instrumentalists. We're, we're going to be thinking about how do we need to come together and, and worship. And that means we want you to be here um, we think, we think 8.45 is, 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 is the ideal time to arrive. But if you want a cup of coffee, you should come a little earlier because it, it's served over there in the Edwards building. So you get that cup of coffee. And you, this is still part of the sermon, by the way. You, 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 you get that cup of coffee, and, and you mix and mingle with, with people there. And, and, but if, if you don't need the co- if you already had your coffee, come at 8.45, be here, and be anticipating. Be ready. Be ready. Next week, we're going to be talking about a little bit more about what makes 2019 new for you. How can you turn over a new leaf? And so each week, we're going to be building on this. Let's pray together. Holy God, thank you so much for the ways that you meet us here when we gather as your people. Thank you for the unique ways that you show up through the means of grace You spoke all the way into human life, even into bread and into a cup. And so we pray, God, that you would help us embrace what you've called us to do, to stop, to rest, to fast, knowing that we do not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from your mouth. In Jesus' name, amen.